0: Hey book friends! Welcome to Books and Tea with Kiri and Corey. Listen along each week as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Visit our podcast site to learn how we pick our genres and books. We encourage you to read along with us and share your comments and opinions too. This is episode one. Today we're sharing how we started this podcast.
1: Hi guys, my name is Kiri and I'm from Flagstaff, Arizona, where I currently live with my husband and adorable Yorkie doodle dandy Chester Cheeto Burrito taquito face. I work at Northern Arizona University as a strategic marketing communications quarter for the university marketing department. A lot of my friends refer to me as a little old lady because I enjoy knitting, baking, reading, and tend to go to bed at 8pm. I guess we could just say I'm an old soul totally <laughs> But I enjoy living in the Southwest as it provides ample opportunities for me to get outside and go hiking, bike, play disc golf and just enjoy Flagstaff, which has the largest amount of ponderosa pines in the world. That's your fact for the day, people.
0: (laughs) So hi, I am Corey Kusker. I taught myself to read at the age of three, and I have been an obsessive reader ever since. An often told family legend is that the worst punishment I could receive as a kid was being grounded from reading. True story. (laughs) I also have to read every night before bed. Cute
1: or obsessive? I think obsessively cute is what we should say. Okay.
0: <laughs> Outside of reading and listening to podcasts about books, I too work at Northern Arizona University in campus sustainability. I have lived all over the place, but I grew up in Indiana and Kentucky, but we've lived in Flagstaff for the last seven years. I have a pretty amazing little family of a husband, a cat named Callie, and a dog called Coco. I love to curl up with a book, no surprise there, some good music, <sighs> and a glass of wine or maybe a cup of tea. And I love the outdoors too. So I love to camp, go hiking, biking, play tennis. And again, as Kiri said, this makes Flagstaff in the Southwest a pretty awesome place to call home.
1: So Corey and I met through mutual friends and the formation of a book club, which I started in 2013 and which I'm no longer a part of, hence why Corey and I are starting our own little mini book club. With a strong love of books and an overlapping interest, a friendship developed pretty quickly. The idea for this podcast came out of conversations about Books Over Tea and how Corey loves one podcast called What I Should Read Next, which we'll include in our page, and wanted to try and make recommendations for me using the same approach. As we continued chatting, we talked about how fun it would be to keep doing this for each other. And better yet, how could we share our brilliant suggestions and opinions with others? Very quickly, the idea of this podcast was formed.
0: Now that you know a bit about us, we'll start out by sharing some of our book reading histories and habits. Carrie, why don't you get us started?
1: So I really disliked reading as a kid, and I remember reading one Goosebumps book in elementary school, and that is the only book I remember reading in elementary school. So it's been an interesting change of life for me, I suppose, by saying that I am quite the obsessive reader now. But the book that did change my reading habits was The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I read freshman year of college, and something about that book and the struggle and the realness of being a teenager and just living through a difficult life was so beautiful, and the simplicity of it made me want to read more. Because I am an English major, I quickly learned about Jane Austen, and I have to say that Pride and Prejudice is my guilty pleasure, and I've read that book at least once a year for... hmm, I don't even know how long. And I also watch the movie when i'm not feeling very well it's kind of my guilty pleasure slash i don't feel good slash i just need some romance in my life (laughs) book and movie Uh, listeners i've never read pride and prejudice which is just crazy to me because i feel like everybody has read pride and prejudice but we might have to change that Corey. (laughs) i'll try it um I love anything historical fiction with some romance and a strong female protagonist that's based in the UK, so Ireland, England, and Scotland are kind of my safe spaces for reading. But I'm a mixed bag, and I like pretty much everything except for short stories, which we have a genre or type of book that we will most likely be reading at some point that has short stories, so it'll be an interesting experience for me. And I already
0: have some great ideas that I'll hopefully convert (laughs) Kiri
1: over Um, So, the reason why I love books is because I really enjoy being transferred to a different time and place in life, and I love being able to escape my life and live vicariously through someone else's adventures and their stories. It sometimes puts my life in perspective on how good I have it, especially when I read a historical piece about things that people have lived through in the past that I will never know how to deal with or experience.
0: So for me, it was pretty hard to narrow it down to my all-time favorite books. So I went back to childhood favorites, um, which are Anne of Green Gables and the Wizard of Oz series, and they're sitting on the bookshelf behind us as we speak. And Kirie admitted to me that she's never read Anne of Green Gables, so we might have to change that too.
1: <laughs> or the Oz series. Oh my goodness, Curie!
0: <laughs> and on the flip side, I also love pretty much anything Stephen King has ever wrote. Um, I think he's one of our most underrated and greatest authors of all time.
1: And I have also never read any Stephen King.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we really do have books, tastes in common, if you can believe it. So my favorite types of genres, um, typically, um, I really enjoy mysteries. Uh, I like memoirs, especially when they're food-related. Um, I'm a big fan of modern Southern writers like Pat Conroy and Ann Rivers Siddons. I also like historical fiction, and my guilty pleasure is British chiclet. Which
1: is shocking, because I feel like you should have read Pride and Prejudice, because that's kind of British chiclet, but in it's the like 1800s. The, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the ultimate British chiclet. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. We uh, should do compare a modern and a classic. Oh, well,
1: that's a good idea. Hey. Then I can pick and prejudice. There you go.
0: (laughs) So um, as far as dislikes, um, I would say it's more struggles. So when it comes to nonfiction, it has to be really interesting and read like fiction for me to be engaged with it. And I also tend to struggle with poetry. Books are, though, my favorite kind of escapism. There's nothing I like better than getting lost in a story. I think it stretches my brain and makes me use my imagination. There's also just something so powerful about the written word. You can also take books with you pretty much anywhere you go, so you always have a distraction with you.
1: Or an adventure (laughs) (laughs) awaiting.
0: Indeed, indeed. So as Our podcast says um, we're books and tea, and as Kiri shared earlier, we love to catch up on life over a cup of tea. So it made sense to us that we would make this part of our podcast. Each week, we're going to share what tea we're drinking and what we think of it. Um, This week, I actually did an impulse buy. You know how sometimes people will buy a bottle of wine based on the label or a book based on the cover? do it pretty frequently. I totally did this with this box of tea. It's called puka p-u-k-k-a it's called clean machata green and the description is organic green tea with dandelion fennel and a luscious lemony lift and the box is just beautiful so we will put a picture of it in show notes Uh, but i liked it because it uh because of the box and i like green tea and i like lemon um and Yeah, and it's all organic and ethically sourced, which was important to me as well. It does have a pretty strong licorice taste to it, which I didn't anticipate. I probably should have read the list of ingredients a little closer instead of just admiring the box. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's tasty so far. I think it's
1: quite delicious.
0: Cool. Okay. So... As we talked about earlier, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, What Should I Read Next by Anne Bogle. And again, we'll put a link to her podcast in our show notes. And the way Anne works her podcast is she has her guests share three books that they love, one book that they hate, and what they're reading lately. And I was telling Kiri about this podcast, and we decided to be super fun if I uh, basically did a little bit of my own literary matchmaking with Kiri um, based on this kind of format. Going forward, we're not going to copy off of Anne, but we thought it'd be a fun way to get things started with us. And so Carrie is going to start out by sharing with our listeners the books that you shared with me as some of your all-time
1: and current favorites, as well as a couple that you're not such a big fan of. So as I said earlier, one of my all-time favorites is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. The qualities that make it one of my favorites is that it's British, it's romantic, and it has a strong female protagonist. Jane Austen is a word magician, in my opinion, and the language just captivates me. Her sarcasm is something that I think people overlook or don't pay attention to, and I think that subtlety of it makes me giggle.
0: I would have never thought of Jane Austen as sarcastic. <laughs> She's
1: filled with sarcasm. It's just, you know, very British and proper sarcasm. All right, well, I'm gonna have to give her a chance. <laughs> the second book that I picked, and I am apologize, I have picked all three British romance novels and have given absolutely no... Uh, choices, really, besides British romance, but it was just what I was digging currently. So the second choice is The Headmistress of Rosemere by Sarah Ladd, and this book is part of a series of strong female protagonists and our British historical romance novels. And what I liked about this one is that there's such a struggle with egos and feelings, and I want to love you, but I don't want to love you, and do you love me, but you don't want to love me, and I just... I always root for romance and I hope everybody ends up with a happy marriage or life. And so you don't really know if the romance is going to happen with this book because there just seems to be some sort of disgust on both sides. But then there is eventually some romance and love and it's all for the greater good and legacy of Rosemere, which is the estate that it's based off of. So it sounds like kind of like a case of opposites attract. Yeah, totally. Ah, Okay. (laughs) And then this third book that I've picked is also a series called Secrets of a Summer's Night by Lisa Kleepass, I believe her name is. And ladies, if you want a hot juicy romance novel, let me tell you this is what you need. Part of a series as well, and each book goes through each of the wallflower girls. These women have decided to name themselves the wallflowers, and so each series in the book talks about one of the girls and how they have found love. And it doesn't get into gory details but it is there are details that just kind of make you go, ooh, that feels nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i a little flushed just thinking about it.
1: <laughs> so if you're if you're into British romance novels, these three ones are are my favorite right now. Why did they call themselves the Wallflower Girls? You know, I think it's because they're all breaking the rules of 1800 British, you know, women are supposed to act this way and they, none of them act that way. So they're kind of like this little group of uh, rebels, I suppose you can say.
0: (laughs) Great. Cool. Okay. Well, And I have not read, well, any of those. So I might have to add this hot, juicy
1: romance novel to my (laughs) list. It really is delicious. I gotta say. (laughs) Well, especially as we're heading into summer. Exactly. So,
0: Okay, so Kiri,
1: now can you tell me about some books that you just didn't enjoy, and why didn't you? So one of the books I did not enjoy is A Rather Lovely Inheritance, and I actually don't really remember much of this book because that's how much I disliked it. Um, I know that I didn't feel any sort of connection with any of the characters, and that there wasn't a character to root for or identify with, which is something that I really enjoy having in books is being able to be like, oh, I can relate to this person or, oh, I really hope that they succeed in whatever they're doing. And I didn't feel like this book had any of that. Hmm.
0: That surprises me a little bit. I've actually read all three of them. Well, I read the first one and then um, listened to the other two on audio. Um, And, you know, basically the, the idea is that this little English girl, or no, actually she's American. She's an American girl named Penny, but her dad, I think, is British. And so she ends up inheriting a car and and then there's romance and and it's set in england so i'm surprised you don't like it (laughs) but you know again that's a good point though like for whatever
1: reason you didn't identify with penny right so the book didn't really stick with you at all yeah and the other book that i didn't like is called the other einstein which is not a very positive portrayal of woman it basically is about einstein's wife and how she was also brilliant um and then her brilliance basically got diminished because Einstein took over and uh, squashed her dreams and made her feel insignificant. So it wasn't a very positive portrayal of a woman. And I feel like if anybody is going to be as smart as Albert Einstein, like, they're kind of a badass. And I feel like they should be stronger in regards to sticking up for themselves and, and what they believe in. So those are the two books that I didn't really enjoy.
0: Mm, okay. So when Kiri shared her book, Choices, with me, uh, as she self-identified earlier, she's obviously an Anglophile, and she's drawn to books set in the British Isles. She also likes to escape into another time and world, I think, to experience um, a different time than what we live in now. And she mentioned she tends to prefer female protagonists who are strong, likable characters. And Kiri needs someone to root for. She uh, loves that historical fiction, and she loves strong, powerful women uh, who she can relate to. So my goal was to provide her books that honored these preferences, but perhaps also pushed her a little beyond her (laughs) go-to stories. No British romance novels? (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. So, Carrie, I'm going to recommend that you read the following books. The first one is called Eligible by Curtis Sittenfeld. Know anything about this one? I do not. Okay. So this one might push your buttons a little bit, but you may love it. I'm curious to see once you're done with it. This book is a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice. So it's set in the United States. um, And I found this book to be a funny, quirky, and easy read. You certainly see the Pride and Prejudice story, which I know from watching the movie. But it also weaves in modern themes and issues. In particular, I like how it pokes fun at some of our 21st trends and obsessions like CrossFit and paleo eating. And it's also a part of a series called The Austen Project, where different contemporary authors have written a modern interpretation of
1: each of Jane Austen's classics. Interesting. So (laughs) It has Jane Austen vibes, so maybe I'll love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what you think of it. The second one um, is a nod to your interest in historical literature and um, the United Kingdom, and it's called The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society by Mary Ann Schaefer and Annie Barrows. I picked this one because it hits on several of Curie's favorites. This historical fiction is set in England in the early 1940s. The story is told through a series of letter correspondence between the main character and the society's members, and she's learning about their island, their taste in books, and the impact that the recent German occupation had on their lives. The title comes from a spur-of-the-moment response when they're caught out after curfew. I like it, too, because it has a little bit of mystery, a little bit of love, and some humor all added into one book.
1: (laughs) Sounds appealing. All right.
0: (laughs) And then my last suggestion for you is The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jeminson. So this one is my wild card. (laughs) I haven't actually read it yet, but it ended up on my to-be-read list after hearing a description of it on another podcast. Hmm. I know that Curie is willing to dip into fantasy realms on occasion, and this should have the strong female protagonist that she loves. I also know that she appreciates a good young adult read, and this does fall into that category. Since I haven't read it, I'm going to share the Good Re- Goodreads description with you. It says, Yain Dar is an outcast from the barbarian north, but when her mother dies under mysterious circumstances, she is summoned to the majestic city of Skye. There, to her shock, Yain is named an heiress to the king, but the throne of the hundred thousand kingdoms is not easily won, and Yain is thrust into a
1: vicious power struggle. Dun, dun, dun. I like it already. Great. Okay, Corey, it's your turn. What are some of your favorite books?
0: So the first one that I wanted to pick is Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. I've gotten the impression that this is a book that people either love or hate. For me, there were so many things that I loved about it. But the primary reasons I picked it were that I love books with multiple voices. Mm. I love storylines that somehow all connect together. And I love um, how this was multiple stories, it both across time and place. that had some ongoing themes and some continuity in the storylines. One of my favorite descriptions I found is that the stories are a series of nesting dolls. Mm. It's also a bit of a cheat because it touches on multiple genres, <laughs> including history, futuristic, mystery, and love. Um, the format for it is that the six stories are told in chronological order, and each one ends suddenly and unfinished as you transition to the next then the sixth story is told completely, and then each of the other five stories are wrapped up in descending order.
1: I haven't actually read this book, but I've watched the movie at least a dozen times, and I love the movie. I love the movie, too. It's I so good. I love everything
0: about it. Yeah. So, actually, yeah. and, you know, I have watched the movie, and I listen to this. So next on my list is to actually read it, because I feel like that's a different experience. Totally. Okay. So my second book, I had, of course, picked something by Stephen King since I said he's one of my all-time favorite authors. So I picked The Stand. Uh, Let's see here. So I truly think he's the best storyteller of our times and he's highly underrated. His writing is creative, creepy, and exciting. (laughs) So he creates really interesting characters. Some of them you hate, some of them you love, and some that you love to hate. And he puts a lot of attention into detail into all of his characters, even if they're only a very brief interlude for like a page or two of them he kills them off he still kind of pulls you into who that person is about which i think is a really Hmm. great thing so this is one of my first stephen king reads and i have read it multiple times and that's significant because it's literally an epic at over a thousand pages wow yeah it's a long book (laughs) The other reason I picked this one specifically is it's a bit of a dystopian catastrophe, which for some sad reason I'm always drawn to. (laughs) Uh, It's about the 1% of people that survive after an outbreak of a super flu, and it really delves into the realm, uh, relies on the themes of good and evil. Hmm. I like that those characters have flaws and seem like people you might even know. In addition to being a battle between good and evil, it's a story about how people rebuild after catastrophe and the loss of everyone they know and
1: love. Dun, dun, dun.
0: <laughs> so I kind of cheated. Um, I picked two different types of memoirs.
1: I know we were only supposed to do three, but I picked two. is already breaking the rules and it's our first episode. <laughs> it's how I roll, people. It's how I roll.
0: So the first one is A Year of Saying Yes, um, How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person by Shonda Rhimes. I felt like I wanted to put a memoir in here, and honestly, I didn't anticipate picking one by a Hollywood celebrity. I feel like every comedian and actor in Hollywood has written some sort of memoir in the last few years. Some of them are really good, but it's kind of annoying, too. (laughs) However, this one connected with me in ways I didn't know that were going to happen. It should have surprised me, since Shonda Rhimes does storytelling for a living, but I was not anticipating on her ability to really draw you in and relate with her.
1: Have you seen Grey's Anatomy or Scandal? Like, it's instant. She automatically draws you in those first episodes.
0: And I have, and she (laughs) references kind of classic bits from those, like Dance It Out. So I think that was part of what I liked about it. Um, So you hear her true voice, but you also hear the voice that she's given to some of her most famous TV characters. And at times it was really painfully raw and honest as she realized things about herself and she shared those realizations with us as readers and the growth that she got out of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, perhaps it won't change your life, but encouraged me to think about how I live mine and, you know, am I saying yes? Am I dancing out? So I I think it was a a
1: good one for me. I really liked it as well. I thought it was relatable and the fact that even the most famous people we know have these insecurities and have these doubts about themselves and Mm -hmm. it kind of makes them feel more real because... Mm -hmm the news that I read about Shonda Rhimes is that her life is pretty damn spectacular. And I'm just like, but not everybody's life is like that. So it was nice to see her vulnerability as she, as she did this work for herself.
0: I agree. And it definitely makes you think about, you know, yeah, like I said, are you, are you living your best mm-hmm. life? And, and what does that mean for you? And it may not be like her, but you know, we all have places we can grow. So
1: hashtag YOLO. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that even
1: a thing? So? Yes. I say it all the time. <laughs> That doesn't mean it's a thing.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm a little off the trend, I think. It's okay. I still love you.
0: Okay, so the other memoir that I picked uh, was *Animal, Vegetable, Mineral: A Year of Food Life* by Barbara Kingsolver. It's a food memoir where King Solver and her family moved from Tucson, Arizona to Virginia to try and eat locally for a full year by either producing their own food or buying it from local sources. So one of the things I love best about this book is, again, it has multiple voices. And each it's I also like the way that it's organized. Each chapter goes month by month. And um, King Salver writes about their actual experience of sourcing or buying or growing food. Her husband writes a brief nonfiction interlude about different aspects of our food production. And then her oldest daughter contributes by writing about um, seasonal foods, their health benefits, and shares a few seasonal recipes.
1: It sounds pretty interesting. I have to admit that I'm not really a big Barbara king Sullivan fan. But I do enjoy good food memoirs, so I might have to read this myself. I have it. So if you want to borrow it. Perfect. Great. So now how about some books that you don't like?
0: Okay. So I picked two. Uh, The first one is The Emperor's Children by Claire Massad. What I realized as I was thinking about why I don't like the books that I don't like is that I struggle sometimes with contemporary fiction that's filled with unlikable characters that aren't doing a whole lot. Mm. So this book, uh, which I had to go back and find the name of, but I remembered hating it so much... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I went looking for it. Uh, it's a story about three college friends living in New York City. They're headed into their 30s, and then it basically just explores how their lives are going. And kind of like you, I need someone to root for, relate to, or there needs to be a fascinating backstory Mm -hmm. that moves the book along. And this one just didn't have it. Uh, The story was filled with shallow, self-absorbed characters who I felt like took their privileged lives for granted. There was no growth and they were not even that interesting. Hmm. So I don't know, maybe if you live on the East Coast and went to an elite Ivy League school, you would relate to them, but I certainly did not
1: doesn't sound very enjoyable um, i think this is on my to be to be read list and i think i might remove it
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think you'd like it obviously. okay <laughs> yeah i know. think you'd be annoyed by that okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that i was really disappointed in and i didn't and i abandoned it, which i rarely do is jonathan strange and mr Norrell by Susanna clark um so I've gotten a lot better about not finishing books, but for me it's really hard to mm-hmm. put a book down. I feel like once I give it get started, I need to give it a chance yeah. and just see it through. But life is short, and my to-be-read list is way too long. <laughs> um, so you would have thought this was in my wheelhouse, as I anticipated it to be a quirky fantasy story. And maybe it is for some people, but not for me. Um, I had no idea that someone can make a story about magicians battling it out in the 1800s, so boring and lacking in action. But somehow this really long book
1: does that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So what I noticed about Corey's books is that she likes a little bit of everything and she did a much better job than me on giving different types of books she enjoys. Um, but more importantly, Corey also really likes uh, books that she feels like she can relate to the characters, which is something we have in common. So the recommendations that I have for Corey are the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Um, and I feel like you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Um, There's really no in-between with this book, and so this is a sci-fi adventure and the characters are funny and well-developed, in my opinion. Um, It's not the best sci-fi book out there, but I think it's just so funny and ridiculous and completely barbaric. Um, It isn't going to make you have deep thoughts or conversations with people about it, but it's an easy, goofy read. It's nothing like Cloud Atlas, but I just couldn't help but recommend it because It's the complete opposite of Cloud Atlas in regards to its storytelling.
0: Well, that is a book that I have not read, and I feel like that's something, if you're a reader, you need to at least try it. I feel
1: like everybody has tried to read it, and either they've loved it or they've hated it. Gotcha. So the next book that I'm going to recommend is The Circle by Dave Eggers, and this book has a strong female protagonist, which we both enjoy, and it's kind of um, a really creepy book about what happens with the internet. And it honestly made me want to get off of all social media just because you never know who's watching and what data they're getting from you. So, um, what seems like a normal Silicon Valley story about, um, you know, web... Web programs and a story of one woman's ambition and idealism soon becomes a heart racing novel of suspense, raising questions about memory, history, privacy, democracy, and the limits of human knowledge. Mm. It was creepy as heck and made me want to remove myself, like I said, but it has characters you love and love to hate and hate to love, which I think is something important in storytelling for you, Corey.
0: Yeah. There has to be some irony there, though, that you're suggesting this book as we start with- <laughs>
1: Hello world, you're going to know more about me. (laughs) Um, And then to follow the lines of memoirs, uh, I recommend Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I listened to this book and I loved it. Um, And I loved Elizabeth Gilbert's voice in it and just her tones. And you could tell that she really put her heart and soul into this book. I think that it was one of her best books that she's written so far, and I think it's interesting to hear what she wrote about, considering that her life has done a complete one eighty, and everything has changed for her. So it'll be interesting to see what she comes up with next about living the best life that you can and whether or not you're a creative person. I think it just discusses the attitudes and approaches the habits in order to live your most creative life, whether it's personal, work-related, if you're an artist, if you're not an artist. Um, I think it's just a really good, not self-help book, but a good memoir-type book of getting getting things rolling for you personally. Cool. And then because Corey gave me four, I'm going to suggest four. And the other foodie book that I picked is Cooked by Michael Poland. And I too like foodie memoirs, even though it doesn't show in my three book choices. But I'm a huge Poland fan, and I think this book is so interesting because he uses the four elements of fire, earth, air, and water, and how we've transformed food using these to create delicious food and drink. And so for each section, Poland has a classic recipe that uses one of the four elements, and he also talks about how the food processing industry has changed and affected our food and ultimately our health um it has all of wit, humor and the facts to make it really enjoyable foodie book
0: cool well you know both of those have been on my to be read list so this will kind of push me into perfect finishing them up Yay. yay
1: hey book friends we hope you enjoyed our conversation today thanks for listening along with us Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter.